My first guest, Mr. Minhas Tijani, is a certified education coach at Marshall Goldsmith Stakeholder Centered Coaching in Karachi, Pakistan. After completing his master's at the Notre Dame Institute of Education in 1998, he climbed the ladder from being a teacher to a principal and further to being a senior education consultant and coach. His book, The Transcendent Educator, provides a manifesto of enlightenment for those who wish to make a difference. He provides a unique framework that makes use of the elements of spirituality, humility, innovation, and action. My conversation with him was prompted by his dedication to making an impact within the field of education and advancing it to be on par with the 21st century environment. Without further ado, my conversation with Mr. Minhas Tejani. So I, I was reading through your book and I noticed you, you landed in Mombasa. It was what, in early 2011, is that correct? Yes, yes. So we left Mombasa in April 2011. So, oh, okay. So we just missed each other. But I want to know more about that because I know a lot changed when we left um, in terms of the school. So I wanted uh -huh. to know how was your experience in Jaffrey Academy? Uh, in Jaffrey Academy, the experience was great. Uh, um, you know, Mombasa is a very uh, loving city. And on the whole, uh, like I lived in... Uh, uh, Kenya for eight years and five good years were spent in Mombasa. Okay. So um, on the whole, the experience was uh, excellent. Uh, I enjoyed living there. I enjoyed being with the, uh, the community over there. And in general, you know, uh, Mombasa is uh, kind of uh, quiet and calm. Uh, and uh, it, it, was, it was really good. Really? Really good. Uh, and yeah. as a head teacher, because I was that your first time being a head teacher at a school, or was it had you been a head teacher before? Uh, in fact, in uh, my journey as a head teacher uh, or a principal in, in, in some schools, as they uh, give the title, mm -hmm. uh, goes back to um, 1998. Okay. And uh, 1998 uh, was the first opportunity for me to become the, the head of a school. Uh, that that is a school in uh, in Karachi uh, Al Murtaza School. So that was my first experience. So I already had uh, quite a bit of uh, you know uh, <laughs> uh, tough but interesting experiences of being the the leader of the school uh, before uh, joining Jeffrey Mombasa. So did you notice any difference between uh, Pakistan and doing it in Mombasa as a as a principal? Um, you see, uh, there, there, there are certain similarities, but uh, a few uh, differences that I saw uh, were uh, particularly with reference to the Kenyan education and uh, in general, and obviously the, since the school was following the British national curriculum, uh, Mamasa Jaffrey was my first uh, experience of heading a school which was following the British national curriculum. Okay. So that was a challenge for me in, in terms of, you know, although I had worked as a teacher uh, before in, in, in Karachi, uh, you know, uh, teaching O-level biology and chemistry and general science. Uh, so I had the experience, but not leading the institution as such. So this was uh, uh, a unique uh, and an interesting experience for me. So what's that experience like the, being a teacher versus being, a, being the principal? What's the difference? Like what? When you had to make that step up going from a teacher to a principal, did you notice much change or, um, yeah, how did it change for you? <laughs> it's, it's a huge, huge, huge difference. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, when you are a teacher, you are obviously a leader, but uh, on a very small scale. Mm -hmm. But when you are the principal of the school, you are not only the leader uh, for the teachers, but you are also the leader uh, for the students and for the entire, uh, you know, the school community for all the stakeholders. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of eyes on you in terms of what you do, how you speak, how you uh, walk, and uh, you you have to keep your calm. And uh, uh, there, definitely, that there is a lot of uh, you know pressure in terms of uh, you know how you carry yourself on the whole. So that's 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 one. Uh, uh, big, uh, uh, you know, shift in terms of when you move from uh, the cap uh, from, uh, or, or, you know, uh, being a teacher uh, to the principal or the head teacher, yeah. 
no, no, of course. Uh, it was interesting because like I was saying, I saw that you landed in Mombasa the same time we left. So for us, we had the same principle for our whole life. Um, whether it was primary or then moving to secondary, we had the same principle our whole life. And then I noticed you, you had left and come back to Mombasa to visit. Uh, and you kind of had that. And it was so, it was so crazy to me because he was like, 10 years have passed. Um, it seems like a blink <laughs> of an eye, but a principal has come, has left, and has come back. And it's like, it's been like a blink of an eye. It's been interesting. Yeah, yeah. In fact, the, the first time when I came to Mombasa, I had not even thought of becoming the principal of, oh, wow. of the school. Yeah, yeah. Because at that time, uh, what I'm currently doing, uh, I was actually doing the same thing at that time. Okay. So I was working as an independent consultant, uh, you know, uh, in 2010. And uh, I received an invitation from the board of uh, Mombasa Jaffrey that they wanted to organize um, uh, a week's training for the senior leadership. Okay. So that's why I had to travel from Karachi to Mombasa. Uh, and that was in December 2010. Okay. Yeah, so I had a good experience, and then we had uh, a couple. I had a couple of meetings with the with the board and the education council, and uh, um, you know, at that point in time, I did not have any idea uh, of uh, this offer coming to me to become the principal of the school. And uh, when I came back to Karachi, that's when I received, uh, uh, you know, an invite mm -hmm. uh, from the board uh, requesting me to become the principal. And uh, that's another very interesting story that initially, you know, I had uh, actually literally declined the offer. Oh, wow. Very okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> For a few personal reasons, uh, um, um, you know, when you have to take this big decision, you have to consult your elders. Mm -hmm. So I uh, um, had a word with my mother at that time. Uh, she was kind of not very uh, comfortable. Okay. And then uh, we, we thought of, you know, going for this uh, Islamic guidance that we call the Istakhara. Mm -hmm. So I actually uh, went for it and it was kind of not very suitable uh, at that time. Okay. So in... Um, uh, February, early March, that's, that's when I, uh, you know, humbly uh, declined the offer saying that I'm sorry, but I uh, would not be able to make it. Mm -hmm. And then I just left it at that point. Mm -hmm. uh, I started, you know, working on some other projects. And somehow in June uh, 2011, mm -hmm. again, uh, <laughs> wow. uh, uh, a request came in uh, that we are still looking for a principal and if you're interested uh, please give it another thought and then uh, obviously I went back to my mom uh, we talked about it and uh, she was she was kind of very happy to see the offer coming again mm -hmm. then we went back to uh, the istikhara and uh, the istikhara was good and then I uh, in August uh, 2011, that's that's when we were in Mubasa. So it happened kind of very suddenly. Oh, wow. Okay. So you weren't really expecting it. And then yeah. I noticed you also did uh, Nairobi Jaffrey Academy. That was later? Yeah. Was that earlier? That was after Mubasa? No, no. Th that was after Mubasa. So when my contract uh, finished uh, uh, after five years, um, that's when I, I had no choice because obviously I was thinking of going back to uh, Karachi mm -hmm. and, uh, kind of during the same time, um, uh, the principal of Nairobi Jeffrey Academy was getting retired. Mm -hmm. So they had advertised, uh, for this position, uh, of the principal. So I said, let me try my luck. Mm -hmm. Let's see. <laughs> yeah. uh, whether yeah. So Alhamdulillah, there were quite a few applications. And then in the final round, there were four uh, shortlisted candidates. Uh, so I uh, traveled all the way to Nairobi. And then we, we had a good chat. And Alhamdulillah, I was selected as the best candidate wow, okay. uh, for the position. Yeah, yeah. So, so I wanted to go more into your consulting, but I will come back to that when we get to talking about the book. Um, sure. For your consulting, I want to go back to, to where your story started, because there's always my goal is, as I told you with this podcast, is for people who are looking to do something great. They're trying to be successful and they want yeah. to get to that point. Now, there's a there's that gap or there's that bridge between where you start from to 
to getting to where you go. I know there's like small successes along the way, but there's that yeah. starting point where you're looking to your future and you're like, I want to get there, but I don't know how to get there. Where does your story start? And how do you, at that point in your life, how did you see yourself in the future? Okay, that's a very interesting question, Nabil. And uh, like, like my career as an educator, uh, you know, spreads over three decades. Mm. And uh, when, I, when I actually uh, reflect back in terms of, you know, how I started uh, uh, as a teacher, uh, it, it further goes back almost uh, 10 years before that. Because when I was uh, doing my intermediate that's kind of equivalent to O levels over here. Okay. Uh, that's that's when I uh, went through a very rigorous process of career counseling. That was through Aga Khan Education Services. Uh, they had our career counseling office in uh, in Karachi, and uh, one of my father's uh, very good friends he had suggested that why don't you go and uh, uh, give this test. So they called me for three days and it was very, very rigorous, you know, seven different uh, uh, tests. And uh, ultimately they gave a, a comprehensive report, which I still uh, carry with me. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the report actually um, suggested uh, one of the, uh, you know, top uh, professions for me was teaching. Oh. And at, at that point in time, uh, my uh, thinking or my career goal was to become a doctor mm -hmm. because I was kind of uh, better in studies, a bit better than others. So, <laughs> and my parents also felt that, you know, uh, going into medicine would, would definitely be good for me. So I said, fine. Uh, but ultimately, you know, um, when I when I chose to become a teacher, I think I uh, have been able to fulfill my passion uh, in terms of uh, uh, you know not having uh, the right uh, attitude uh, for the profession, but also the right aptitude for the profession. Mm -hmm. So attitude and aptitude, I think they go uh, along uh, you know very well in terms of. Uh, uh, choosing the right career paths that you have to choose. So initially, uh, when I uh, started talking about becoming uh, a teacher, uh, many of my friends said, uh, there is nothing in teaching, you know, teachers don't get paid very well, and there is no future, this and that. But then ultimately, you know, I decided, no, I have to be uh, uh, you know, a teacher. And I started working as a teacher in one of the local schools. And that's how the journey started. And Alhamdulillah, I've never looked back from well, that point when you were having doubts. Um, was it something you were passionate about? Or was it more that I have the attitude, I have the aptitude. So this is a perfect fit. I might not enjoy it as much, but I know mm -hmm. I'll be good at it. Was there any? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, one of the very interesting turning points uh, uh, that happened was that I since you know i had the passion and drive uh, to become the teacher i started uh, working in 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 a, in a school and they straight away gave me you know by uh, to teach biology to class 9 okay. but then ultimately uh, you know i i asked myself and i was feeling that there was a vacuum and sometimes you know you feel that vacuum but you don't uh, you know realize where uh, where is the solution <laughs> to fill that vacuum? Right. And then ultimately, you know, I was looking at some further uh, training or updating my qualification. And I, when I was looking at various options or institutions, because I wanted to do or specialize as a teacher. So one of the program that was the best, uh, you know, uh, available uh, program at that point was uh, doing the bachelor's in education. So I was al already a science graduate at that time. And then, uh, you know, uh, so I was looking at different institutions and I uh, went to uh, a local government institution. I had a very bad experience. <laughs> uh, so I said, no, I don't want to do it from here. And then uh, suddenly I, uh, my elder brother who was also in teaching uh, at that time, mm -hmm. uh, he suggested that I have uh, heard about this institution uh, called the Notre Dame Institution of Education. Mm -hmm. 
right and uh, they are they are very new and uh, you know they 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 have a very good setup so why don't you go and apply there so I went there and I uh, met the director who is no more in this world uh, anymore. And I've talked about her in my book also. As I recognize, yes. So, yes, <laughs> Sister Gabriel Jennings. And, uh, you know, I, I had a very uh, interesting, very, uh, you know, heart-to-heart -heart, uh, uh, conversation with her. And I, I liked the setup and I said, uh, this is a place where I have to, uh, you know, uh, get my uh, graduation for or get the degree uh, for education and that I think was a big leap in terms of uh, you know um, it not only gave me the qualification but it also developed uh, the right attitude in me mm -hmm. strengthened the passion for teaching and uh, considering teaching uh, as uh, as a profession yeah, so that, that was a good, very good experience. And uh, also, uh, sorry, yeah. No, I was going to say, so at the time, now when you're deciding to become a teacher, uh, you're a youngster and you have goals and aspirations. Um, for you, do you see your whole life as being a teacher at that point? I know the path didn't go that way, but uh, at that point you were a teacher. Mm -hmm. Did you see yourself as being a teacher for the rest of your life or did you see yourself leveling up and getting to a certain point? What were you looking at at that point? You see, to be very honest uh, with you, I, uh, <laughs> after doing my uh, B.Ed., that's uh, when I did not have any idea of how am I going to move forward in terms of, you know, becoming the principal or then ultimately becoming uh, a senior leader like a director of uh, the school of, you know, uh, um, of an institution, but ultimately what actually happens is, you know, as we go along the line, there are certain opportunities that come in your way. And then if you accept those opportunities, they are scary mm -hmm. many a times, but once you accept those and accept the challenge, that's, that's when, uh, you know, uh, uh, you, you start to uh, take those leaps in your uh, you know, in your professional career. So after doing my B.Ed., uh, I went back to teaching. Uh, and then suddenly, uh, you know, I had this because the same institution was offer, also offering uh, master's in education. So uh, at that point in time, my thinking was, yes, I am a teacher, but my salary is not good. So let me uh, go to a better school. So I was teaching in Al-Murtaza and then I went to uh, Bayview High School, or, which was a Cambridge school, uh, better salary. So that was the aspiration at that time. But then I said, again, that, going back to that vacuum that I had, I said, no, I'm still not done. Mm -hmm. So B.Ed. is not enough. Let me go for my master's in education. Mm -hmm. So that's when I went back to uh, my studies and uh, uh, you know I think that was a very right decision at that point in time uh, it was a lot of struggle was a lot of challenge mm -hmm. uh, I was the only earning member of the family uh, a lot of you know financial challenges but I would like to uh, uh, commend and thank my family because uh, my parents uh, my elder brother, my younger brothers, my siblings, in fact, you know, all of them were very supportive. My wife definitely was was very, very, very supportive. And she said, uh, please do whatever you want to do in your life, because that's your career. And she's still very supportive <laughs> for anything I, that I do in my life. So ultimately, you know, uh, um, uh, doing my master's, uh, was was uh, was a great experience mm -hmm. and when i was almost done with my masters in education that's when i got this opportunity or offer from uh, almutza school to become the principal of the school and i told them very frankly i said i do have the qualification but i don't have the experience mm -hmm. uh, uh, but they said no uh, we want you uh, because we see a lot of potential in you and uh, alhamdulillah uh, that's that's where uh, you know the the other leap in in, uh, in in my career you know came in so before moving on to your consulting the consulting part of your career uh, i wanted to ask you a personal question about that which is 
your the support from your family uh do you on one side they're giving you the yeah. support because there's they're very supportive people they're your family but on the other hand uh you want to do something that's going to put them through a lot of tough times um how do you how do you feel in that situation where it's like i'm i'm i have to sacrifice i can make that sacrifice but i have somebody else that i'm going to put through this sacrifice how do you feel at this point um <laughs> it's it's a great question and uh, you know sometimes uh, uh, you can't express your feelings through words so yeah. <laughs> i don't know whether i'll be able to uh, you know uh, justify uh, whatever i'm saying but ultimately uh, you know uh, when you live in a family uh, it's uh, it's 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 a mutual benefit that you see mm-hmm. it's not an individual benefit that you see Mm-hmm. and uh, ultimately in uh, in in good families where 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 uh, you know this this mutual uh you know movement as a group uh, as a team is there those families are the ones that are always uh, successful and they are together so ultimately our religion in fact all the religions uh, you know they 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 focus uh, and they talk a lot about uh, you know that cohesiveness uh, in the family so there's definitely this give and take but ultimately you know that give and take is not for a personal reason but that's for a greater cause and that's for the cause of moving the family from where the family is to the next level that that's so, it that's very i don't know whether i've been able to <laughs> no, it's a it's a really good answer and the reason i asked this specific question is because um at my age uh, where i'm looking to my future to make sacrifices so that i can get to the next level i i want to look at making sure that i'm not putting anybody uh, in a tough situation and even when it comes to looking to get married at one point uh it's it's also looking at the fact that how much am i going to have to put through uh put my other my uh, my spouse or whatever um what am i going to have to put them through to to be able to accomplish my dreams and looking at both of those things and deciding uh what is important for me at this point as a youngster who wants to get married very soon uh not soon yeah. but uh, whenever the time comes around so that's a that, that was a very interesting answer and it helped a lot uh, <laughs> i do want to move on to your consulting the consulting part of your journey before we talk about the book um how did you go from being the principal of a school to deciding that you want to become a consultant and what um what is required of a consultant when it comes to education okay um um in fact uh, you know um, becoming a consultant was again not part of the 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 bigger picture mm-hmm. but then ultimately i had that that passion and in, uh, that drive in terms of you know making a difference uh, uh in the world especially uh, you know in the pakistani education system so ultimately when i was looking at my role as a principal i was saying that yes i am actually uh, making a difference in uh, the lives of these uh, maybe uh, 1500 to 2000 uh, students whom uh, i'm the leader of but ultimately you know it was kind of not going beyond that mm-hmm. so i had this urge of uh, spreading uh, whatever i was doing uh to uh, a bigger you know a canvas and to uh, a few which which i felt were kind of underprivileged uh, students in the sense that uh, the the projects uh, that i was engaged in as a consultant uh one of the project was uh, by the world bank mm-hmm. and uh, that was uh, Uh, to uh, teach and train uh, around 400 uh, teachers in the interior sind mm-hmm. now interior sind is uh, is is a kind of uh, you know i will not call them uh, uh, it's 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 an underprivileged you know area of uh, of pakistan where there are uh, not a lot of uh, facilities so i i felt that you know i was able to contribute a bit more in terms of uh, you know imparting that training mm-hmm. uh, that that was one great experience the other experience was working with the, uh, another group uh, who was uh, uh, involved or engaged in a um, 
uh, in a program which is called the Chitral uh, Integrated Area Development Project. And Chitral, again, is, uh, yeah, these are two extremes. So um, uh, India Sindh is kind of southish uh, of Pakistan, and uh, Chitral is uh, very northish of Pakistan. Mm -hmm. Very difficult terrain, and, uh, you know, again, a very underprivileged area where uh, there's no electricity and things like that. So, uh, again, I was uh, uh, part of uh, this this uh, program where I was the head of education. So these two, uh, you know, uh, projects helped me in terms of uh, kind of achieving my goal of uh, uh, you know spreading my uh, my uh, focus and um, being able to make an impact on on a bigger canvas. Yeah. So another personal point on that on that note, uh, I think I had a little bit of a doubt on my side when people when I would consider being a teacher or educator, as you say, uh, when I considered being an educator, uh, okay. whether or not I would be able to have that kind of impact because I know there is impact when it comes to being a teacher. You're impacting people's lives on a daily basis. When it comes to a principal, there's uh, um, there's impact on on that, on that level as well. Uh, for me, was understanding how could I go beyond that. To understand to be able to impact more lives uh, in the education sector if I decided to or if I still decide to become an educator at any point in my life. So I, I love that point that you made and uh, it helps me to understand that there's always a bigger impact that, that can be made. Uh, going, going, to, yes, yes. going to your book, uh, I'm almost, I finished all four of the, the different, the breakdowns as we said. Uh, maybe you can give a summary before we go into details about the book. I want to go in more into it but if you could give a quick summary before we go more into detail. Okay, okay. So, uh, <laughs> uh, it, it also, you know, the uh, the idea of writing the book also goes back to uh, uh, Mombasa. It's, oh, wow. it's very interesting that uh, uh, the, the, the initial seed uh, of writing the book was planted in Mombasa. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people ask me, and I think I have also narrated it way in very detail, uh, you know, of what was the rationale or reason for uh, writing the book. So ultimately, um, uh, I was engaged in, uh, in a very uh, interesting uh, program called the Deeper Understanding of Self. Okay. And we were about uh, 12 or 15 professionals, and we were taken to uh, one of the beach hotels where we were asked to stay there and there were a lot of, uh, you know, interesting activities uh, that we did. Uh, ultimately, what happened was uh, one of the, um, you know, for, I think it was the first day of the, of the program where the facilitator called us uh, and uh, he was briefing and explaining the entire program to us that what's going to happen. So he said the uh, next day, very early morning, uh, what you people do is uh, we all assemble uh, at the beach uh, before the sunrise. Mm -hmm. So we all went there and, uh, you know, he, uh, because I had already told him that I have a passion and the drive for uh, uh, having a meditation practice. Mm -hmm. So he requested me to do a group meditation uh, on, the, on the beach. Uh, and ultimately, that was a great experience. And once we finished the, the meditation process, that's when he said, uh, okay, now you all get up and uh, you please follow me. Mm -hmm. So we said, okay, I thought that we might be going back to the hotel to have our breakfast. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, <laughs> that was, uh, he took a very different route and uh, he started walking into the water. And I said, oh, my God, that was a scary point. Why is he going into the water? And ultimately, you know, gradually he moved in, 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 and he was taking uh, the east uh, route. So finally, he said, we were all kind of scared. But uh, then uh, he said, there's something interesting which is going to happen. So ultimately, halfway uh, through when, uh, you know, our, uh, the water was almost knee height, Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's when uh, you know the sunrise uh, uh, started, mm -hmm. and ultimately he asked us to stop, and he said, "This is the magical moment that is uh, coming. So please, I want you all to 
experience it, feel it, and enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And in fact, it was a magical moment uh, because at that point in time, all the four uh, physical elements of uh, life were there all together. There, there was a lot of, you know, I, I don't know whether I should call it symphony or synchronization or mm -hmm. synergy. Mm -hmm. All four of them were there. That is, uh, the sunlight was coming. That's light. Mm -hmm. uh, we were standing on the sand. So that, that was, uh, uh, you know, earth mm -hmm. covered with water and then air was coming. Right. So ultimately, uh, you know, uh, that's, that's where I uh, asked a question to myself uh, that are there any, uh, you know, elements that actually transform or help in transforming uh, humans? Mm -hmm. And that question was there with me and ultimately, you know, later on after reflecting and after uh, a lot of introspection, that's when I came up with these four, uh, you know, elements of transcendence, that is the spirituality, humility, innovation, and action. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. I, I, that's what I enjoyed the most, looking at these different things. Uh, what I noticed that, uh, that really stood out to me, and that was me reading today, was your innovation part of it, uh, where yeah. you talk, about, and there's very... Um, there's a lot of educators in this world, but there's not many people who think in that way. And now we're starting to see that change. But that idea of innovation where teaching is not the way it used to be and it has to change in order to become, uh, to succeed in the future. For education to be useful in the future, it needs to innovate. Uh, yes. Can you talk more about that? Because I know you talked about the TED Talks, which I'd seen, uh, Sir, Sir Ken Robinson, is it? Yes. Uh, and then yes. there was the other one uh, that I watched today, which was the one, Procrastination with Purpose. Uh, yeah, so that was uh, Rory Vaden, yeah. <laughs> exactly, those two. Uh, maybe you can talk more about that, about innovation in the education sector. Okay, innovation, uh, you know, if we, if we analyze and if we look at uh, education, let's say over the last uh, 200 years, and if you compare education with any other sector, you know, there is, uh, in my opinion, there is least development <laughs> Mm -hmm. in the education sector as compared to other uh, professions. And uh, it's very unfortunate, but that's the reality. Mm -hmm. We are still, you know, being in the 21st century, we are still uh, following that uh, uh, chalk talk. Uh, many uh, parts of the world still have that uh, very uh, specific, uh, you know, industrial uh, kind of a model. Uh, of uh, teaching and educating uh, the kids. And that's obviously uh, uh, not at all applicable in this uh, era. Uh, ultimately, uh, what is uh, missing piece is I think uh, the innovation bit. And I feel uh, uh, I would rather not blame anyone, but uh, obviously, the main uh, change agents uh, that are there, they are, I don't know whether they are scared of change or, uh, you know, they would just like to be in a very uh, comfort zone. But ultimately, you know, if we don't come out of the comfort zone, uh, innovation will never take place. Mm -hmm. Another uh, bigger challenge, which I feel, and I think I've talked about it a bit, in, not in detail, but I've touched upon it, uh, is uh, uh, it all revolves around the, the the way we assess the child, the examination system, and many uh, of those systems that we study all over the world are are still very uh, you know uh, paper pencil focused, mm -hmm. very much summative, and not uh, giving a room uh, to the child to think beyond the. Uh, very, uh, you know, shallow prescribed syllabus. So uh, I think I can go on and on <laughs> with this. Oh, because... and, I think, uh, <laughs> and, I, and I think it's a very important thing for me too, because when I notice that where I teach, I teach at a Sunday school at a madrasa, and we have implemented the Tarbiya curriculum. I don't know if you've interacted with the curriculum, but what I've noticed, and this is a big reason why I enjoy being a teacher as well, because that specific curriculum, um, yeah it is not about teaching anymore. It is not about examinations. It is more about facilitating a conversation, yeah, which is what we have always, uh, myself has, I've always had 
uh, found it important to, uh, to do. Even in university, when we had these uh, student organizations that we'd be part of, we would always uh, focus on facilitating discussions rather than telling people. So you have speeches as one thing, which is where people are listening to somebody talk, but then there's facilitated discussions where people are contributing, um, which I see as the future of education. I, would, you, would you agree with that? Yeah, 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 definitely. And uh, one of the aspects that I've uh, touched upon in detail uh, uh, in the uh, in the chapter on innovation is uh, uh, asking questions, mm -hmm. and not only asking questions, but asking uh, better, broader questions, uh, because uh, I think uh, that that is also a very important. Uh, a uh, piece that is missing uh, in our education sector. Uh, we focus a lot in terms of giving the right answers, mm -hmm. but we don't focus on asking the right questions. I just read that today on your book. So that's 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 again very interesting. And when you talked about Tarbia, uh, let me just. Uh, 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 share with you that I was, uh, and I'm still kind of very informal part of the Madrasa Center of Excellence. Mm -hmm. Initially, when it started, uh, uh, I was uh, part of the initial uh, uh, group of people who uh, were there to contribute, and I was requested by the World Federation also. I, I went to uh, the United Kingdom a couple of times in terms of, you know, um, attending meetings and contributing. I've also written a paper. I don't know. It, I think it should be on the website if it's uh, uh, not removed from there. It's called uh, Towards the Learning Madrasa. Okay. I'll uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just have a look at it. And uh, that's, that's, uh, uh, that's where I have actually talked about uh, a lot in terms of you know, uh, transforming the madrasa into a learning community. Mm -hmm. So, so when we take that example of people who have actually taken action, actionable steps to make a difference in the, the education system, that is on a religious uh, religious education system. Yes. Uh, when we talk about making so, and I know changes are being made, but when it comes to the Western education system or the the British education system, uh, who do you see as being maybe not playing a blame game, but who do you see as being responsible? or being able to change it and what steps can be taken. So if it's somebody, an individual who wants to make a change to the education system, what can they do to make a change? Um, on a societal level, what can we do to make a change? And this tie, if you can tie this into the action section of your book, where it's like, we're actually making a difference. Uh, what would you say about that? Those are very tough questions, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, even, even from a uh, what do you think that we can do uh, as individuals to make a difference? Because you have yes. done you have done it for the Madrasa Center. How can we do it on a uh, Western level? You see, um, uh, in in the West also, when when we look at uh, uh, the Europe, uh, you know, uh, particularly because I will not maybe uh, able to uh, pinpoint a country because I don't live there. But generally speaking, studying uh, and from my own research, uh, like countries like Finland and, uh, you know, all those uh, areas, uh, they, 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 are, they have moved beyond this chalk talk. And uh, the reason, um, there, there, there are a few uh, key reasons for that. Number one is uh, they, uh, they actually, um, give a lot of importance to teaching as a profession. Mm -hmm. The teachers are not looked down, uh, you know, as, uh, as just uh, uh, any no. other workers. They, they are given uh, that, that very high status in terms of, uh, you know, keeping them at the same level as doctors and engineers. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is, uh, otherwise good people will never come into this profession. Mm -hmm. Only uh, those people uh, who are either passionate uh, or those who uh, unfortunately don't get a job anywhere else, <laughs> they mm -hmm. might end up becoming teachers. And uh, unfortunately, that is the reality in, in many of the countries. So I think teachers, uh, the status of a teacher has to be elevated. And uh, when when we look at, you know, all the all the religious traditions, like when we look at the Hindu uh, uh, traditions, we see guru as, you know, 
as somebody who is who is more very learned again uh, you know in the christian tradition or in the jewish tradition and even definitely in in the islamic tradition all those who are related to the profession of teaching they are given a very very uh, high status mm-hmm. right and unfortunately you know when when we look at the secular <laughs> uh, side of teaching that's that's where things uh, don't uh, go right and uh, so i think uh, giving the the um, uh, or elevating the status of the teacher uh, that that is uh, one i'll give you an example uh, i was reading somewhere and uh, it was about germany mm-hmm. and uh, in germany you know doctors and engineers they went for a strike and they were demanding uh, to get uh, equal pay as compared to the educators or the teachers teaching and the chancellor at that time i don't remember who was the chancellor but the chancellor at that time said uh, i cannot uh you know increase your pays as uh, per the pays of uh, the teachers mm-hmm. and the reason that uh, the uh, chancellor gave was the teachers are the ones who produce or who develop actually uh, uh, you know doctors. engineers and doctors and all so how can i uh, you know m- m- give you the equal status in terms of pay so i think it's not only the pay that matters pay definitely matters uh, quite a bit uh but uh, i think it's the general status uh that uh has to be looked upon mm-hmm. and uh, generally those who are working in the teaching profession they do put in a lot of effort but ultimately the reward that they get uh is uh, is not uh, the same uh, as it should be given that's fair I, i i agree with that i think making it a more dignified position in terms of uh something that is showing people how important that profession is uh can yes. make a big change in it uh yeah before uh, so as we come to conclusion i want to know more what you think is the future of education how we can change it um and more and your your role um in the future of education so what part do you play in what uh, what is to come okay <laughs> uh the, f- the future you know i'm i'm an optimist so i always see the brighter side of the picture mm-hmm. uh the future is good uh in the sense that uh, um, uh, i see covid as a blessing in this guys in the sense that you know it has shattered uh, a lot of norms and uh, one of the norm that was there and which i see it as a very positive uh, shift in terms of uh, the education sector is to move from a very you know traditional typical uh, chalk talk uh, based education to more uh, technology based education mm-hmm. and uh, it has happened teachers have moved from their comfort zone they have started you know using the gadgets and that's 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 a, a very healthy sign uh and i think we should continue moving uh in that direction rather not to go back and fall into the trap of comfort zone and you know again going back to the chalk talk uh so uh introducing technology based uh, education or teaching through technology mm-hmm. is uh, is is a very uh interesting uh step and as i said it came as a blessing in disguise because of this covid issue ultimately uh i also feel that uh, uh you know uh we are still as i touched upon earlier in my uh, couple of responses that we are still in the industrial uh, mode of uh, uh you know education we need to move beyond that mm-hmm. and uh, i think uh, uh one of the shifts or one of the changes that i foresee uh uh is uh, to move from uh, is to move actually from uh uh teaching or educating the mind to teaching the edu- uh, or educating the heart and ultimately uh, educating the soul mm-hmm. uh, because the question that i always ask myself and a lot of uh, you know those uh, uh those people who are uh, very high in terms of their wisdom they ask themselves uh are we uh humans having a 
uh, a spiritual you know soul or are we uh, a spiritual beings having a human experience mm -hmm. so that's that's that shift has to come in uh, because i see that there is a lot of <clears throat> you know education has gone into a lot of maybe uh, intellectual development mm -hmm. but that whole communal or societal development uh, still has to come in. So that that is a big, uh, uh, you know, vacuum that I can see. And that, that vacuum has to be filled. And uh, education, in my opinion, is uh, uh, has to play a lot of important role in terms of uh, bridging that gap. I think uh, I know, even from what I noticed in your book, one of the lines that I read today was about the creativity aspect. Going back yeah. to, we have the industrial, uh, level of education where it's like we're just teaching people uh, what needs to be taught but not teaching them how to think yes. uh, when we start to teach people how to think and we let them come up with questions going back to yes. up with yeah. questions we're <laughs> stimulating creativity and that's something that's always always been important for me because i feel like even here in the western world the education system is developing it's getting to that point but it's moving slower than it needs to technology is moving very fast education yeah. is not moving as fast as it needs to uh, yeah I think people, once we start to realize that, and once we start to move education in that direction, uh, we'll be able to see that, that change where people are actually enjoying learning. Education mm -hmm. is not becoming something that has to be done. It's something that needs, that not needs to be, that people want to, to, uh, to pursue education. Yeah, true, true, true. And I think uh, maybe if I can touch upon maybe one key aspect uh, over here is, uh, uh, you know, when, when we look at education as a whole, Mm -hmm. uh, I think uh, uh, one of the goals of education, again, it has gone very uh, narrow in terms of looking at education, just in terms of, uh, uh, you know, going into a better profession. Like, for example, if I ask uh, uh, a child who is, uh, let's say, uh, 15 years old, what do you want to be? And they will either say, you know, I want to be in this X profession or Y profession. Mm -hmm. uh, but they are not looking at their life as, as a, a, on a bigger cam canvas mm -hmm. and uh, life uh, as, as, as a human and life as, uh, you know, a very important, vibrant member of the society. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's where uh, the education uh, sector has to play a very important role because the vision of education, we have narrowed it down in terms of, you know, okay, uh, if you're a school, our role is up to A-levels or O-levels, mm -hmm. and then you do whatever you want to do in the university, and the university's role is fine, you get your bachelor's or master's, and that's it. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's very shallow and it's very narrow. Mm -hmm. And I think that that vision also needs to be broadened in terms of, you know, uh, are we able to, uh, you know, uh, develop uh, humans who will make a difference in this world or are we just, uh, you know, uh, churning out, uh, you know, uh, people with uh, robots uh, with, with just a piece of paper uh, with them, which is the degree. And I think that's a big thing that I've noticed and I've also, uh, I feel strongly about because I just completed my master's degree. Uh, and, okay. Yeah, and I, I was lucky enough to be able to pursue uh, what I, I studied in school after a couple of years of university. So I started with computer science uh, then I switched over to business marketing, which is something okay. now I pursue. I'm now, uh, I have my own business running printing. Uh, Good. So, yeah. yeah, so I get to pursue what I want, but it, a lot of the things that are taught are not applied to what I, what I do in my uh, career. It's not, uh, I get to choose what I want to study. It's, you've been, mm -hmm. you've chosen a program, you have to go through these courses, and at the end of it, you have this degree, but it's not open to anything else. You're not learning any other fields that could help you out in the future. So that's why I feel strongly about it because I've just finished my bachelor's degree. I've just gone through that. <laughs> um, yeah. And going to my find it's a, it's been a, quite a long conversation, but going to my last point, what I wanted to ask you is what advice would you give to somebody who's young, who's starting out, who maybe doesn't know what they want to do or who doesn't, uh, who has a lot of doubts about what they want to do? You see, uh, having doubts about what you want to do is very natural and that's very human. So mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong about it. Mm -hmm. There's always a time in life which, uh, which comes uh, uh, where, where you actually start uh, seeing things unfolding. Mm -hmm. But I think uh, uh, what 
uh, somebody needs to uh, uh, tap into is to go very deep in terms of you know asking this question of who am I number one that's a very uh, uh, a very very important very uh, pertinent question and then uh, again going deeper into uh, the self and asking for what is my passion and what is my vision in life mm -hmm. that's 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 very important and uh, nobody else will be able to give you the answer <laughs> it's only your own self and uh, it it doesn't come with uh, uh, with uh, with the surface level of asking this question it always comes the answer comes the the real actual answer comes when you go deep into your own self and keep on asking and uh, definitely you you will get the answer there's no one specific answer that fits all mm -hmm. all of us uh, have these uh, you know seeds being planted uh, in 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 us and we are here uh, for a particular reason and that particular reason has been you know we 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 come in uh, my belief is that we come in with with that uh, kind of uh, what do you call it in in the technology perspective um, mm. is it the 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 operating system mm -hmm. okay yeah yeah so we we come with that built-in operating system <laughs> and we we come in it's, it's just a matter of uh, you know, unfolding uh, whatever is there uh, in inside yourself mm -hmm. uh, in terms of making it your passion. And uh, sometimes we get it very early in our life. Sometimes it come in, comes in later, mm -hmm. but you sh one should not give up. Uh, one should always uh, seek uh, and keep asking this question of who am I mm -hmm. constantly and what do what is my passion and what what is my vision in life and i'm sure uh, divine uh, will help you in mm -hmm. terms of getting that answer yeah. i appreciate it thank you so much for sharing the words of advice i'm hoping i'm almost done the book so i'm hoping to to finish it and see how i like the rest of it uh, i hope everybody else reads it i will i will post it up for everyone to see um, sure sure but thank, uh, you. thank you so much for the advice you have given and thank you for taking the time for the conversation Thank you so much, Nabil. It was uh, wonderful talking to you and uh, uh, all the best for your podcast. And uh, uh, we can have another conversation later on. I'd love to do that. Thank you so much. Right, right. Thank you. Thank you.